All right, welcome guys. Welcome to episode 134. This is like a heartbreak hacks advice episode, but it's like breakups in general. I wanted to do an episode that was all about breakups and friendship breakups where I offer advice. So I put the call out on my Instagram and I got a bunch of you guys writing in your stories for me to give advice on. Obviously, it's going to be anonymous. I'm not going to be calling out names and places and everything like that. Well, some people actually do mention places, but I'm not going to be giving out names. But I do really appreciate you guys being vulnerable, sending in your stories, sharing your stories, obviously, so I can give you advice, but so other people can learn from your stories as well. So I hope you realize that it is not just helpful for you to get that advice, but you're helping everyone else. Because something I did want to say is that even if you don't hear your exact story, like your exact situation in this, you're going to find, unfortunately, a lot of similarities in what you've gone through versus what other people have gone through. Sometimes when we go through heartbreak and sometimes when someone rips our heart out and hurts us and treats us like shit and does the most outrageous things, we think that it's so outrageous that we're really alone in this situation. But unfortunately, there's enough people out there behaving this way and not emotionally mature enough that this is actually quite a common thing. The outrageous things that have happened to you that you think, oh my God, I could write a TV show about this has happened to so many people out there. So I think it's really important that we share these stories and we start getting as much education around this and these topics so we can see this behavior and these people coming a mile away and nip it in the bud and do something about it. And that way we can also learn from, you know, patterns of behavior. So if we see that we're currently in a relationship where this is unfolding or where it has been unfolding for years, we can do something about it. Okay. So that's what I pretty much want this episode to be about. I did get so many stories. I obviously can't answer and respond to all of them so I'm going to do as many as I can in this episode some of them are fucking juicy some of them are so actually they're all great but some of them are really like hectic um I've just written what I've done is I've just written the stories out I've not planned my answer at all I'm just going to roll with what comes authentically to me as I answer these questions now um Having said that, I'm trying to fit in as many stories as possible into this episode, so I'm not going to do a life update and I'm not going to do a brain fact for today's episode. I just want to dive straight into this. Okay, so let's go. Number one, please cover more on situationships. Technically, I was not in a committed relationship, so it feels really extreme that I've taken things like this so hard and I've done this multiple times, even if it's only been four to six weeks. What the hell is wrong with me? I feel super psycho that I feel like I'm mourning the death of someone that I met two months ago. He doesn't want a relationship now. He, he says and just wanted us to go with the flow and he made several actions and statements showing that he did have interest in me in those ways. Love bombing, I suppose. He's brought me around to his friends and co-workers even in the first week, lots of time together, showed me to his mum, FaceTime, passionate sex, just everything good. Now I need to move on and stop thinking about this. I'm having newer experiences, but some days I just feel paralyzed. Thanks, Alexis. So this, I did do an episode on situationships. So if you want a more in-depth take on how to navigate a situationship, definitely go check that one out. It wasn't that long ago. But what I would say to you is don't feel like a psycho for feeling this way. You were literally conned, okay? You were conned into feeling a certain way. A lot of people that love bomb and that get all these other people into situationships 
do it because of an, a need within themselves. It comes from a need to be validated, a need to feel accepted and a need to feel loved. When they get that from somebody, they then think, okay, well, I've actually fulfilled that need. I don't think I need anything more from this situation and I can move on. Another really interesting thing to think about is that many of them don't do it maliciously. They're, they're not considerate, so they definitely are not caring for you. They're not putting your needs first, but they're not necessarily being malicious. I think that in a lot of cases, they genuinely think that it's going to be love, but they're not ever dealing with their own issues personally. They're not assessing that they have some deep-seated issues that they need to take care of, like self-love, self-respect, being okay alone, accepting who they are without a partner, telling them that they're good all the time. They've not dealt with that. So because of that, they meet someone new. It's really exciting. They feel validated. They feel loved. So they initially misinterpret this for being in love, but they're not in love. They're just loving the um, the validation that they're getting from this person that they're seeing. But then after they feel validated and they feel relaxed and they feel like their their ego has been massaged, they're over it because in reality they never really did love you. So don't take it as a personal stab, but how they acted to you in the beginning, they weren't in love with you, okay? So don't think that they loved you and then the love has disappeared because you've done something wrong and now you're scrambling to get that love back. No, they didn't love you in the first place. That's just how they behave to try and get someone to like them, okay? So all these behaviors is purely a reflection on them. He's not saying, you're amazing, this is great, oh, I changed my mind. He never changed his mind. He was probably trying to love you or he thought he loved you because you were validating him with all these, you know, passionate sex, attention, you were really cool to his mom and his mates or whatever. He thought, this is fucking awesome. But once he got his needs met, which was, I need to feel like I'm good enough because I can't do that for myself. Then he was able to discard you because he realized, well, I'm not actually in love with this person, so I don't really need a relationship with them. When someone is willing to date but says they're not wanting a relationship, they are saying, I don't want a relationship with you, okay? And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a favor. It's actually good that someone can vocalize that, word it, and say it to you. I would say thank you for letting me know and for cutting the cord. On to the next, okay? What's worse than that, as frustrating as a situationship is, what's worse than that is someone just stringing you along, stringing you along, stringing you along. If someone says, I don't want a relationship or I'm not ready for a relationship, they are meaning with you and that is your cue to leave. Step, fucking exit stage left, okay? That's what you want to be doing. But I guess the takeaway from this is don't feel like an idiot for getting super attached. It is human nature that when someone behaves this way, it means that they like you or that they love you. And so, of course, you're going to reciprocate in a lot of scenarios and you're going to feel that bond and you're going to feel really attached. You're not the fool in this situation. He's the fool for not working on himself before entering a relationship, okay? Next. Number two. I just got out of a two-year relationship where I gave him everything and I got nothing in return. I'm, I'm talking I gave him emotional, physical, financial support. I've had to beg him for the bare minimum, which he couldn't give me. So now I've had to cut the cord because I was so drained. I feel so sad right now and I regret it and I miss him so much. I don't think I'll ever get over it. Please give me some advice. I'm losing hope. Okay, so... What's going on here is that you don't have a good relationship with yourself. 
you don't back yourself, you don't support yourself, you're not there for yourself and you're not there, you're not saying to yourself, no matter what happens, I will be there when things go bad. I'm going to be there when the chips are down. You're not saying that to yourself because you have clearly stated, you have just outlined what sounds like the fucking shittest, most average relationship ever where you are literally doing 100% and they're giving you nothing back. That's not a relationship. That is like a parenting fucking situation or it's like a fucking um a, a dependent a dependency relationship that's a fucking turn off at best okay so in my opinion you miss having somebody there for you which means that you're not happy being alone this whole thing can easily be summed up with you don't want to be alone you don't think you're ever going to get over it because you miss having somebody in your life i can assure you it is not him as a person that you miss because everything that you've just mentioned you just said emotional support financial support physical support and you had to beg him for the bare minimum and you were drained you cut the cord because you were drained none of that screams a healthy relationship that was a very unhealthy relationship so you were miserable in the relationship and you were miserable out of the relationship and the reason that is the case is because you do not have high levels of self-love the beauty of that is that can change and you can turn that around. And you can turn that around in a couple of weeks or months, okay? You need to stop, firstly, cut any hope of wanting to get back with him. Hope is a weak dog and I've said that many times. Get rid of hope because he says, please give me some advice, I'm losing hope. Good, I want you to lose all hope that this thing is going to turn out. That's exactly where I want you. Get rid of all the hope, that's fantastic. Lose the hope done okay now that the hope is done we're not getting back with him he's he's fucking he's a dead weight anyway get rid now we're going to focus on the issue which is your relationship with yourself now you need to think about i cannot be in search of love look if love slaps you in the face that's a different story but don't go out hunting for love until you found the love that you can provide for yourself I've got all these episodes on self-love and I want you to go and check those out. But your priority right now is yourself. If you feel that you've lost the best thing ever when you were in a relationship and hating it, then that is an issue with you and yourself and how much you love yourself. Number three, my best friend and I have been distant for a year after actions that she made that really hurt me and she didn't want to take accountability. I feel a lot of it stems from the fact that I had a new boyfriend who I've naturally spent more time with in the two years in these two years that this has been happening and she's feeling really jealous. Now things are getting better, but not the same. And I'm not sure whether to hold on to the mistakes of the past or let it go. I feel like I want her in my life, but something is holding me back from truly being close friends again, given what happened in the past. I'm not sure if I should now continue to put a huge effort with her to be close friends again or let things happen naturally. The way I look at it is the only way you can move forward with her as a friend is if these actions are addressed. If you are not willing to address these actions, this friendship needs to be left. Let fucking let the dead lie or whatever the saying is, okay? It's done. It's finished. If you're not willing to, to – this whole let it happen naturally, that's not going to happen, okay? Because you need to sit down and say, we need to address what went down. You really hurt me. And until we can bring this to the surface and until I can voice how I feel and at the very least feel heard, then you're, you're going to resent her, okay? Or him. Uh, no, her. You're going to resent her. And you're just going to keep going through your life feeling that way in a friendship 
that isn't as close as it used to be. I can tell you right now it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Some friendships are not meant to last forever. Some friendships are supposed to serve you for a certain amount of time and serve the other person and then it, it's left because emotionally you grow apart or maturity-wise you grow apart, okay? So don't think it's the worst thing in the world for a friendship to end. But unless you're willing to address what she did, then it's over. If you are willing to address what she did, then it's something that you have to reach out and make it very clear. You can't say, hey, do you want to have a coffee? Let's catch up. No. You should send her a proper like mess, uh, email letter, voice message, whatever it is, but say, do you know what? I've been thinking about this and I am missing having you in my life. I do miss you. I do care about you. And I would really want to work on this and be your friend again. I'd love to meet up and talk. However, I just don't think that we can be friends again and have the friendship that we had unless we address some key things that happened that I think were the cause of us breaking down. Would you be open to that? or not. I want to have an open, honest, caring conversation with you. Would you be open to that? That is all you have to say. If she responds defensively, negatively, then you've done all you can. You get, you reached out peacefully. And if she doesn't want it, no love lost. Thank you for your response is all you say. Thank you for your response. Have, you know, goodbye, not have a good life or whatever. You can, I mean, you can be bitter if you want, but I would just leave it peacefully. Number four, I've been friends with a girlfriend since high school, around 15 years. I've had issues early on in high school. She used to bully me. That's fucking fabulous. But when we finished school in 09, um, things were fine ever since. I got married late last year and she ghosted me. She didn't come to my hands. She didn't RSVP to the wedding until I had to ask her two weeks prior. And then she pulled out of the wedding because she had to attend another wedding the day before and just couldn't make the two work. I haven't heard a word from her since. No congratulations, nothing. I'm not upset anymore, I'm just confused. I really want to know what her issue is. Why she's just up and thrown the friendship away. Maybe she wanted to be a bridesmaid, but we're not even that close. But that's the only thing I can think of. And honestly, I don't know what's happened for her to just throw everything away. Do I ask? Do I let it go? I don't want to force the friendship if this is how she wants to act, but I really would like to know why. Okay, personally... I think that she doesn't sound like a nice person. Uh, People can change, okay? And what happens in high school is different to outside of high school. But the fact that she's bullied you in high school and things weren't that great, that's a a red flag. Um, But fair enough, let's say she was a child, people can mature and grow fine. So that's a pink flag, let's say. But the fact that she's not willing to let you give you the courtesy of something on your important day. Look, when it comes to weddings, I honestly believe that you should always be courteous to someone. Of course, you need to RSVP. You need to let people know if you're going to be there or not. It's important. This person's putting a lot of time and effort into their wedding. I don't think that someone has to be, for example, when I get married, I don't think that the guests at my wedding have to be not even a hundredth as excited about the day as I am. I think a lot of people do put a lot of pressure around the date of the wedding. But Wedding aside, her wishing you congratulations aside, because that's weird that a friend doesn't, but put that aside, just the simple fact that she's ghosting you around this event is also another red flag. Like, that's just fucking weird. Even if she doesn't value weddings and what weddings mean, it's still weird that she's not going to tell you if she's, like, that she's not going to rock up to the hens, even though she didn't tell you that she wasn't going to be there, that she didn't RSVP to the wedding, and then, like, fair enough if she can't make it. But from what you're saying, she's not RSVP'd, then she said she can, and then she bows last minute. This girl has some deep-seated issues towards you, and she's not willing to tell you what that is. It could be jealousy. 
It could be she could have other issues in her life and she's um, she's just venting on the friends where things are going well in their lives so she's she's angry at them. She might be directly jealous of you or she just might be directly jealous of people that are not going through, you know, life dramas that she may or may not be going through. But what I would do personally in this situation is similar to the last one. I would reach out and address the issue straight up. You know, I feel like you, you, you're you kind of almost over this friendship as well though, to be honest, based on your language. It sounds like you're over it. And I would stop needing to know why. You need to let go of that. Because put it this way, if you knew why she acted that way, would you feel more at ease and not need the friendship to to continue? Would you feel like, okay, now I can let that rest? Is it more so I just need an answer? Because sometimes our need for an answer will prolong a relationship so much longer than that relationship needs to go for. It prolongs friendships. It prolongs um, romantic relationships. It prolongs situationships. We do this to ourselves all the time. We think we need to know. You don't need to know. You don't need to know. All you need to know is that you could you do an inventory in your head. Did I act appropriately? Did I was I respectful? Was I ever disrespectful? And if you were disrespectful, try and, you know, right your wrongs by apologizing and extending the olive branch. But if you'll find the whole time, then there's nothing. You don't need to know the answer. You, it's a trick that we tell ourselves that we need to know the answer to all these things that, you know, are occurring in someone else's head. Okay, next one. Number five. Hi, Alexis. My best friend of eight years and I have recently had a falling out. It was because I believed that she was doing something dangerous and morally wrong and potentially affected the health of a friend. We had a fight where I expressed my concern and she retaliated by making a comment specifically to hurt me and make her point, which I still don't agree with. Upon reflection, I believe we're only friends because we've been friends for a long time. Not because she has the qualities that I would want in a best friend or because we have things in common. Would you cut the cord and say thank you for the friendship or try and salvage the friendship because of the history? I would actually do neither. I'm not going to say thank you for the friendship because that's going to come across as maybe like prodding or being sarcastic. Uh, I would absolutely not try and salvage the friendship if she's said something hurtful knowing that she sounds like, like I don't know what those actions were, but she sounds like you're, you, you just don't want to be, like you just said, she's, just, she's not your friend. She's not your friend. you're you're dragging this friendship along where your morals don't align, where she's willing to say hurtful things and know that it hurts you and not apologize. She's, you just don't align as friends. So the friendship, in my opinion, should probably end. Um, So definitely I would not salvage. I don't think you should, you should keep someone in your life because of history. That's the dumbest reason to keep someone in your life. Oh, so I've, you know, I've suffered this long. Why not continuing suffering? Because, you know, it's all I know. I might as well just drag it into my future. It doesn't work that way. If you've had a long friendship and it's just not been a great friendship, better end it now than in 10 years' time. I personally don't understand this idea of stretching something out just for old time's sake. It's very counterintuitive. Oh, I know that this thing's just been so toxic and not ideal. Well, why not just stretch it on for another decade? Good times. I just go into another decade of the same fucking shit. It's counterintuitive. If you have the awareness to acknowledge that a relationship isn't healthy, then you should do something about it. You should only continue something if you just don't have the awareness about it. It's the only time. If you can see that it's toxic, stop it. The same goes for romantic relationships. So often you see people in the worst marriages, the most toxic marriages. Oh, but we've been married for 30 years, so we might as well just stay married and continue to suffer for the rest of our lives. It doesn't make sense, okay? Cut the relationship. I would actually personally phase it out. And if she reached out being like, hey, 
let's hang out this and that, then I would address it. And I would say, look, to be honest, based on everything that's happened, I've interpreted it as this relationship has reached the end of its road. And I'm happy with that. I'm at peace with that. I just don't think we align. I think you would be happier without this clash. And so would I. Number six, my ex randomly asked me to meet at the beach on a Saturday Arvo when I had my final 5,000 word essay due for my master's of education on the Monday. He then pretty much said that he feels that we're not compatible long-term. He didn't say the word breakup, but it was obviously assumed. It was one month short of our three-year anniversary, plus graduation with a full-time teaching job was lined up and then I fought for the relationship, obviously. I was in a really fucked up headspace because I had two weeks of my finals, 70% exams coming up too. So I know that this was bad, but I had mentally pretended that he wanted this. So what I'm gathering is that in that final month, even though you weren't officially broken up, in your head you were saying he, he wants to work on this, this is going to work. So that way you would get through your exams. That's what I'm gathering. After the exams, he broke it off and he seemed fucking happy and just says that he's proud of me and that I was so important in his life and that he cares about me and just doesn't love me as he did at the start. I do feel better about the situation. I did lots of self-development. I saw a psych and have an amazing support network, but I can't get past the fact that he could have waited three weeks until I was done with my degree. Sometimes people, okay, so that's the end of the story. Sometimes people are going to do things to you that hurt you so much, but for whatever reason, they have not thought it through at all. A lot of the times, unfortunately, but it happens so fucking often, People will be so aware of what's going in their head without factoring in their significant other and what they're going through too. He might have been in such a turmoil being like, I have to be honest, I have to be honest, I have to tell her, that he didn't stop for a moment to think, she's going through one of the toughest months of her life. Why don't I just hold out for a little bit or just give her space and then address it? Okay, so he's not doing that. At the end of the day, he was honest about how he felt, bad timing, call it what you want, but he was honest about how how he felt and he ended the relationship. The issue now is that you are now suffering over not getting, I can't get past the fact, you're suffering that he couldn't wait three weeks while he probably hasn't given it much thought at all. So he's now moved on, living his best life, done something so hurtful to you, but that action he probably hasn't really registered as being so hurtful. He just thought the breakup in general might have been hurtful. So he's not even thinking about that. He's moved on. He's living his best life. He's fine. And you're suffering because you can't understand why someone did something. We will waste hours of our lives trying to get closure on actions that somebody took that hurt us. When you expect people to behave the way you would behave, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. You are disappointing yourself because you wouldn't have done that to him. But don't expect that just because you wouldn't have done that to him, he wouldn't have done that to you. You have to accept what is. You have to use that as another reason as to why this relationship wasn't right for you. Use that to your advantage Instead of thinking, why though, why? It was so out of character. That is his character. So that's a good thing. You know what? You're a fuckwit for doing this at my most heightened moment of stress. Good. Add that to the tally of cons. That helps me get over you. Thank you. I'm glad you did that. You're just showing me bits of your character that I'm saying it's not in your character when in reality it is in your character because you fucking did it. Okay? So to me, you've just got to look at these things as a blessing. Like, 
that is why we could never be together long term because I wouldn't do that to you and we don't align in that way. You've got to use it that way. But to expect that he would have behaved in the way that you would have behaved towards him is giving yourself more pain and it's causing more heartbreak and more anguish within you while he is blissfully unaware cruising along on easy street. Next, number seven, I think. I was cabin crew living overseas and I always thought that I would find love with someone foreign. But when I, came, when I came to Sydney on a layover, when I came home to Sydney on a layover, I met a girl who changed my whole world and I found myself in a whirlwind of love for a few months. We spoke daily for eight plus hours, plus arranged schedules to meet in different cities and I came to Sydney way more often. Then on New Year's Day, I was suddenly told that she had personal issues to deal with and couldn't continue the relationship and that she was still in love with her ex. This girl was 10 years older than me and was the one who instigated the whole I love you and made me feel completely secure in the relationship before ripping it from under my feet, even speaking about our future, children, and even dabbling into psychic abilities too, which lured me into feeling like we had a spiritual connection. I was then ghosted and she rarely posts anything on social media, so I was left completely fucked and so, so heartbroken. Although this happened two years ago and I'm in a great relationship now, I can't help but feel hexed by what happened and I'm still haunted by her and dreams and signs of her everywhere I go. That her energy still lingers even though she doesn't. It makes me feel guilty towards my current partner who is everything you could ever dream of and more and I would never leave her in a million years but I hate living with my ex's presence disturbing my peace. Okay, I'm just going to say... Red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, walking fucking red flag. This person was a fucking psycho. I'm sorry, but can we just rewind? She's, this is a love bomber. Go back and listen to my love bombing episode. You're speaking for eight hours plus a day. That's toxic behavior at the best of times. You are, she's, she's telling you that she loves you straight away. She's saying, she's saying that she's got, um, she's talking about your future early on in the piece. She's talking about children early on in the piece. She's saying that she's got psychic abilities. This is love bombing. She's love bombing the shit out of you. She's a walking love bomb. Okay. So now when that happens and then obviously she went and ghosted you and the fact that she doesn't post anything on social media, can I just say, that's a fucking blessing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. If she was posting things on social media, you would go down the rabbit hole of stalking her. So you need to be like, thank you, thank you, thank you for never posting on social media. It's like she's purging herself without you having to do the hard work. So that's a good thing. But the fact that she's done all of this and then gone and ghosted you, that is textbook, textbook love bomber, okay? She's, she's gotten what she wanted from you. Similar to the first one that I said, She's, but in way more extreme terms, she has gotten you where she wants you. She feels very validated. She feels extremely significant. She feels so important and she feels superior. It's a power play, big time. She manipulated you hard. And these people don't feel like a fool. These people are very good at what they do. I can guarantee you this is not the first time that she's done that to somebody. She's probably done that to many people, okay? So, She's gone and fucking ripped your heart out, love bombed you, made you believe something that didn't, was never going to exist in the first place. And then when she got everything that she needed to get, felt really validated, felt powerful, probably found, found the next rush of adrenaline in someone else, ghosted you, she's on to the next. That's just the game that she plays that fulfills her in the moment, okay? Probably is not going to fulfill her long term. I can, cannot imagine that, but that's what she's doing. So you need to get to the conclusion in your head that 
what was being done to you was not a legitimate relationship. That was not a true representation of a loving relationship. You were in a love bombing scenario. So once you can start to come to terms with the fact that you were in an uneven dynamic where it wasn't an even loving relationship, where you were absorbing what you thought was a loving relationship and she was using and abusing your um, love and trust, once you can come to terms with that, it's easier to realise why you were so hurt and why you were so blindsided in this situation and why it was never going to work in the first place. Once you acknowledge kind of that that's what happened to you, then you can kind of be like, uh. but sitting here trying to think, why did she do it? Like I said in the last one, you'll go crazy. Stop asking yourself why it happens. You just got to acknowledge what that behavior was and realize that it was not a loving relationship, okay? Because even a loving relationship where there's mutual care and respect, they give each other the courtesy of, you know, a healthy breakup, okay? And that's not what happened here. Okay, next one. Hi, Alexis. I love the pod. Thank you, darling. Recently just moved back home to Brisbane after living in Sydney with my partner. The relationship was getting increasingly more toxic and volatile when finally, one night he lost it, snapped my MacBook, threw my phone and Apple Watch out the apartment window, completely breaking them all. This is Things have been bad before, but it was a cycle of him apologizing and things getting better for a while and that inevitably turning to shit again. Now I'm back, I'm guessing in Brisbane, and now I'm back, I'm really struggling with my self-worth and confidence in myself. He's talking to me again, but being nice, but I don't want to fall back into the cycle because I know how the story ends. But because I have so little self-confidence, I can feel myself slipping back into it again and enjoying when he calls me or messages me. How do I get my confidence and feelings of self-worth back to where they were before I met him? Okay, the first thing you need to do is absolutely sever this man out of your life. You need to get fucking rid. This is an abusive relationship. He abused you. He threatened you. And even if he verbally didn't threaten you, someone grabbing your shit and smashing them is a threat. It's a threat. It's a power play, big time. And that is a threat. That's saying, I have the control. I have the power. When someone smashes your shit, it is a threat. That is abuse, obviously. But I need you to know that he is an abuser. Abuser, abuser, abuser. You need to get that into your head. Rewind it, repeat it, rewind it, repeat it. Listen to me say that 50,000 times, okay? Get very clear on that. Never talk to this man again, okay? Number one. That will be the first thing you can do to show yourself some self-love and to start building yourself up again. To say, I'm so much more important than this person, this organism, let's not call him a person, um, and I, I'm going to do the biggest form of self-love by removing this person from my life. Number one, that's what I'm going to do. Then from there, firstly, I think it's phenomenal that you're living in a different city because it, it is a barrier to, to seeing each other again. Block, block, delete, do all of that. Once you've done that, you're going to feel really um, conflicted initially, for sure. You're going to feel like you've made the wrong decision because you're going to feel very um, like in a state of limbo. The first time, when you, especially when you feel like you're in a really volatile relationship, the first time you cut the cord, you feel like you're just suspended and your feet aren't on the ground. So you're going to feel that way and that's normal and it's okay to feel that way because you've been relying on this relationship as like a crutch in your life. And when you let go of that completely, it's scary. But I can tell you nothing is more scary than prolonging an abusive relationship. So it can't, it's nothing's worse. So you cut him out. You're going to feel these ways and expect to feel that way. Because I think if you expect to feel phenomenal at the beginning, that's why you go running back because you think it's wrong. You think that you shouldn't be feeling this way. But you will feel that way and you should be feeling that way and it's normal. 
So you get to that point and then, of course, you, you reach out to your network. You have to be around your friends and family or whoever's there to support you. If they're not there physically, well, I feel like – oh, no, they are there. It's back home to Brisbane, so that's your home. So that's where your network is. You're going to be around them. Spend as much time with these people as possible. Retell the story as many times as you need. A good friend will support you and listen to your story being, being on repeat a million times over, Okay. Then I want you to start doing certain things. Please go also, just listen to all my self-love episodes as well. But then I want you to start doing as many things as you can to create new habits and rituals in your life. Go and listen to my habits and rituals podcast as well. But start doing that. That's going to start to create a new version of you. You want to start to, to live the new version of you ASAP. If you sit there pondering the past and pondering what happened and what you could have done and what you didn't do wrong and what, what you did do wrong and all this stuff, then you're, it's going to take you so much longer to move on. It's going to take you so much longer to feel good about yourself. You've got to draw a line in the sand, hit that reset button. You can hit that reset button every single hour of the day if you want, but you're going to draw a line in the sand and think, I am now entering 2.0 me. This is the new, updated, new and improved version of my life and I'm in control. So I'm going to start doing this every single morning because I didn't start doing that. I didn't used to do that in my old life. I'm going to start having these vitamins every morning because I didn't do it in my old life. I'm going to, you know, do 10 star jumps when I get out of bed because my old self didn't do that. You start implementing these new random, they could be big, they could be small, um, actions in your everyday life that becomes the new you. And you're going to start to realize that you, who you were becomes more and more in the, in the distance. Okay. You want to distance yourself from your old life with that person. Okay. So, but my number one advice right now is well, two things. Number one, cut him off completely. Block. This is an abusive relationship. And number two, please reach out to your support network and be around them as much as you need. A good support network will be there for you. Okay, next one. My boyfriend and I have been dating three years. He says many times that he will change the way he treats me, but it hasn't happened. Our morals and values don't align and the way he treats me isn't okay. I know it's time to break up with him, but every time I do, he makes me feel like I'm in the wrong. I end up feeling guilty and say that we can give it another try. How do I follow through and break up with him? Thank you. This very much comes down to your fear of being alone. You have been with him for three years, so you're very used to having him in your life. You're so used to him being there. So now the concept of being alone and having no other prospects at a relationship or having a partner around you the whole time, your life dynamic is going to change a lot. And it's very scary for a lot of people to think, not only am I losing this person, but my life dynamic is, is you know, is being turned on its head. I don't have that person every night to come home to. I don't have the person to call whenever I want. All these things disappear as well as the person. All these actions and behaviours disappear with them. That's one of the main reasons why we stay in a dysfunctional relationship is because the alternative, which is a completely different life, scares us. So that's probably why you're avoiding breaking up with him because you're not ready to take that leap. You know that this is not the person for you. You know, things don't align. He doesn't treat you well. Ask yourself, do I want to be saying this exact same thing, sitting in this position right now in 10 years' time? And I know that your answer is no. You do not want that. So I want you to understand that your life, as you know it, is going to be completely different. So start to imagine and visualize what your life could be like and start to put yourself in the shoes of your future self. The more you make it a realistic um, concept, the easier it's going to be to come to terms with starting your life single again. 
Sometimes if you rip the band-aid off and dump the rah, and then you're like, ah, that was so, ah, I'm not ready, that was so scary, then you go crawling back to them. That happens all the time because we feel like we're not ready. You're always ready, but you feel like you're not ready. You are so much more capable than you, than you give yourself credit for, so much more capable. You could have your whole world turn upside down and you will get through it and you'll be resilient enough and you will gain resilience, but you think you don't. So I want you to start imagining, okay, where will I be living? Will it be in the same place or a different place? Who will I be living with? Um, that may or may not change in your life situation. W- what will my morning routine look like now? Who will be the person that I message instead of messaging him? How will I, you know, what will I do for entertainment on the days that I'd normally hang out with him? Start to um, think about what your future life is going to look like and you're going to feel a lot more comfortable with the concept of breaking up with him. And then when it comes to how do you do it, you fucking sit down and you say, it's reached the end of the road, mate. It's done. I'm not going to put up with your fucking behavior anymore. I don't like how you treat me. This, our morals and values don't align it's unacceptable. You're going to be better off without me. I'm certainly going to be better off without you. All the best. Okay. You don't need to make it a long conversation. You can have a really good breakup and close the the chapter in five minutes. Okay. I know it sounds really hectic, but it can be done. Okay. Last one. This is the last one. I wish I could do so many more. I'm going to, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll throw some of these stories in other episodes as well. About a year ago, I was with this guy who was very toxic for me. I was helping him cheat on his girlfriend. I thought that if I stayed with him long enough, if I waited it out, he would eventually leave her. That's how far gone I was. My best friend at the time, who was like an absolute sister to me, saw how bad for me he was and she was just trying to help me out of it and move on. But I wasn't ready to move on from him, so I just pretended like I was moving on from him. And at the time, we lived together, like obviously you and your best friend lived together, but I kept seeing this guy and every time I would leave our place, I would lie to her and say that I was going to see some other guy. Eventually she found out I was lying to her and she felt really betrayed. I don't blame her because I was such a good actress. She felt that I had manipulated her and that she would have never expected me to lie to her, my best friend out of all people. She felt that I chose the guy over our friendship. I don't blame her for feeling that way, of course. I was manipulative, but I was at a point where I would have wrecked my whole life to be with this guy. But it wasn't because I didn't value our friendship. She meant the world to me, and now we're not really in each other's lives anymore. Originally, she asked for some space from me, but now we just don't really talk at all anymore. It's been almost a year now, and I I still feel the void that she's left in my life. I've never had a friend like her since. That's really sad. And firstly, I hope that the relationship has ended with this man. Secondly, it's really good that you can acknowledge the friendship that you've lost and that you're aware of that and that, you know, the void that you feel and that you have never had a friend like that. It's nice to know that you can acknowledge the the role that she did play in your life and how important she was. There is a chance of salvaging this relationship. Ultimately, you don't have control over that. You have control over certain things and I'm going to tell you what that is in a second, but you don't have control over how she's going to respond because at the end of the day, she was very hurt by you and you did hurt her quite a lot. But you are aware of that. You're aware of all of that. I don't need to tell you. You obviously did manipulate her. And I think what really hits home to her even more so is that you lived together and you were literally lying through your teeth about where you were going. I do believe that we are all entitled to privacy within our lives. I don't think that you have to tell everyone, including your best friends, everything about your life. But I feel that she felt very betrayed because you were were doing something that was very harmful to yourself emotionally 
She was really trying to help you. She was so invested in you and in helping you and in trying to get you to get out of that because she was seeing how much it was fucking you up. And then you just turned around and lied to her to continue that cycle. She would have been very, very hurt and she would have felt quite worthless and useless as a friend at the time. So while I do believe that to an extent we are entitled to our privacy, when someone's that close to you and when you've actively chosen to let her in, you chose to tell her about the affair. You chose to tell her about all of this and then you flip it around and lie to her. She's like, cunt, you probably should have just lied about the whole thing. Like, I find it really, you know, what you have to tell her is everything I'm telling you right now. You have to reach out to her and say, if I was going to lie to you, I should have lied to you from the beginning. It was unfair of me to bring you into the trenches of my life, tell you about the affair, expect you to be there for me, lean on you when I wanted and then turn around and lie when it was convenient for me. That was not cool and I shouldn't have done that. I should have, but the, and, and, and tell her, the reason I didn't do that is because I was selfish and I was only, th- like you said, I would have wrecked my life for this guy. Tell her that. I was at a stage where I would have given up everything to be with this guy and I was destructive. I was down a path of destruction with myself and with my relationships and I was destructing our relationship. I was selfish in wanting your support when it was convenient for me and not wanting your advice when it was inconvenient for me. I was in that headspace and it was so wrong. You have to tell her all of this because if you don't, then she's going to think that you fucked her around as a friend and when you lived together, okay, she probably adored you and she probably wanted the best for you and it was giving her like so much pain seeing what you were going through. You've got to understand that one of the reasons why she's so hurt is because she cared so badly for you. If she didn't care about you, she'd be like, whatever, can't do what you want. But she just she was so hurt because she probably thought that you would open up to her more about this. You need to own every aspect of it. You need to start from the very beginning and you need to be dead honest. Then, if she's willing to, you need to hear everything that she has to say, everything she has to say, whether you like it or not, and you cannot have a sorry but or I feel so bad about that but. There can be no buts, okay? You can explain where you were at. You can explain what you were doing, but you cannot apologize and then a but. You either go wholeheartedly open for an apology or not. What I don't recommend you do is try and salvage the relationship with, without addressing what happened in the past. I really hope – and also, if you're still seeing this guy, don't bother. <laughs> don't fucking bother. She will not have a bar of you if you are still in this relationship, okay? Because that relationship, you in that relationship, equaled chaos and destruction for the friendship. So if you're still in that relationship with this man and you're wanting to have the friendship, forget about it. You can't have it all. So – you have to choose and I hope that you're not in the relationship with this man and I hope that you've done that you feel good that you're able to feel good about yourself I hope that you're not in a destructive place anymore that you are in a place of self-love and you've been able to move on from that turmoil that's what I really want out of this for you and then if you are in that position then reach out to her and address what went down. I think really special friendships like that don't come around too often. They are very valuable. So if I were you, 100%, I would do everything in my power to salvage that friendship, for sure. She sounds like someone that really fucking cared for you. You lived together. Like, she sounds, you know, based on what you're saying, that you've never had a friend like her since. That's important. And it's cool that you can acknowledge that and I would do something about it. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope you were able to get something out of, and not just relate to some something in these stories and, and relate it to your life and take advice in that form. 
But if you have a friend that you think like, dude, story number three is you, you have to listen to this, then please send this, this episode and share it. Guys, as always, I do want to thank you for sharing our, um, and talking about the podcast to your friends and to your family and everything. Please continue to do so. I'm wanting to reach every corner of the globe. So whatever country, city, town you are in, please tell your friends about it. Please tell your family, your colleagues, spread the word. Um, because I want to make this bean community as big as possible. And I want to be helping, you know, my my why has always been I want to help people change their relationships with themselves or improve, I should say, their relationships with themselves. So the more we can do that, the less toxic scenarios people are going to find themselves in in this world. If everyone had a great relationship with themselves, there would be no toxic relationships in this world. Um Guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, remember, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.